Exceeding Expectations, episode 46. Welcome to the podcast where we try to help you find ways of amazing your clients. So you get better referrals, more testimonials, more rebookings and recommendations and all those great things. This week's episode, I speak with Vikram Rajan. He has created two great platforms. One is called Phone Blogger, the other is Video Social. And they're the ways that you're able to, I think many of us want to be producing blogging and video blogs on a much more consistent basis. And it sometimes it's just like trying to think of content or you don't have the time or you, you start, but you don't get finished. And he's devised a way of making it much easier for people who do need or who do want to be creating regular content. So that's coming up in just a few minutes. If you do like the the episode, please do share it with people who you think may benefit from it. Leave a review for us on iTunes and some of the other uh, podcast platforms. That would be great. And hope you enjoy this week's episode with Vikram. Exceeding expectations, this week's guest, Vikram Rajan. How are you doing, Vikram? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you doing? I'm very good. And you're over in the Big Apple in New York. <laughs> I am right in the middle of Manhattan. There are tall buildings all around me. And how long have you been in New York? Well, I grew up in the suburbs of New York City, Long Island. Uh, so I've been um, in New York all my life. Though sometimes with New York City snobbery, uh, they don't call you a New Yorker unless you have lived in New York City proper for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I, if I've owned that street cred yet, uh, but <laughs> I've been here in New York City in a neighborhood called Harlem, which is uptown Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. I've been here for eight years now, so I'm, I hope I'm considered a New Yorker. I'm going to say you should you should be deserving of that status you know, <laughs> any time soon. I would have thought maybe you'll get the badge in the post soon. I hope so. <laughs> so, so Vikram, you you run um, a couple of companies. It's, it sounds fascinating: phone blogger and video social. Do you want to tell us about how what they do and how this all started? Yeah, sure. So, phone blogger got started really out of necessity. Um, Originally, I was a marketing consultant, and so is my co-founder. We worked one-on-one with uh, boutique professionals around our area, mainly lawyers, accountants, consultants to some degree, but mainly lawyers. And uh, quickly after working with them one-on-one, we realized that their main challenge uh, and main opportunity was that they get their most lucrative business through word-of-mouth referrals, and they needed to stay top of mind with those who recommend them, their past clients, even current clients, all the referring relationships. And very often lawyers are like doctors where they recommend each other, especially when they're more and more specialized. And so they needed to really stay top of mind with their legal peers. And one of the simplest ways to do that, as I'm sure you know, is through email newsletters. But then came the challenge of who's going to sit down and write the articles for that newsletter. And um, our clients would hem and haw. It would take weeks to come up with one article uh, that would be like pulling teeth. And then we say, all right, great. Well, now it's time for the next one and the next one. And that became even harder and harder. And so we started thinking, well, what if we just brainstormed article ideas with our clients over the telephone and then set up a series of telephone interviews where if they could just talk about the topic for five minutes, well, we could type it up into an article that could be read within five minutes. And that's really how phone blogging started. Uh, where it's really that simple. Uh, first week, they record an article, literally five or six minute telephone interview. Second week, they read that article with us. Um, and, and the reason we do that is because 
we learned very quickly that we needed an accountability process because we would email the article to our client. Say, great, great job last week. You can read this article in about four and a half minutes. So give us your thoughts and edits and we'll run with it. Days would go by. Literally weeks would go by. We like, look, two weeks ago we recorded this article. It's really ready to go. Just want your approval on it. And then we said, look, why don't we hop on the phone and just we'll read it together. And it became somewhat silly uh, that I'd be sitting on the phone watching them read a Google document and make edits. But that type of, dare I say, babysitting uh, was required for us as for all of us as busy professionals to kind of make us do even the things that we know we should do and ought to do. And so that's really what phone blogger is. Now we have nine people on staff and editors and, and they really do the day to day uh, interviewing as well as editing and, and getting approvals from our clients. But that same week to week process uh, remains and has been really productive. You know, when they send out an email newsletter to their circle of influence, they get referrals and introductions to speaking in, uh, speaking uh, invitations and um, direct business, of course. Um, and of course, we now share the articles on their LinkedIn and other social media. And um, you know, now if you log into LinkedIn, let alone Facebook, Tony, I'm sure you've noticed that nearly every other post are videos. And so hmm. late last year, Mark, my partner, and I looked at each other and looked, look, a lot, not a lot of our clients are asking us about videos. Here and there they are, but by and large, they aren't. But we'd be doing them a disservice if we don't help them start video blogging. But as soon as you put a, a camera on some of our clients, as accomplished and as experienced as they are, they start clamming up and stuttering and getting really nervous and feeling a lot of pressure as if they got to do this in one take and, and you know, the heart racing and they flub up and they want to redo it. And it's like, wow, this is a whole lot of pressure for something that they talk about nonstop all day long and probably think about mm. all night long. And we're like, look, we got to tone down the pressure and make them relax and just make it a conversation very similar to what we're doing here on the podcast so now we bring about eight to 10 of our clients onto a Zoom video call. We each take two to three minutes to record our video blogs together. We have fun. We get it done. We give each other encouragement, support, feedback, even introductions now. And it's a really phenomenal process that we do at Video Socials. There is a technology component that we have that upgrades the video and, um, and is able to uh, add their logo and contact information and professional disclaimers to the video and enables that video to be posted mm -hmm. on their behalf on their Facebook and LinkedIn, et cetera. So there is a technology component that we've developed, uh, but the video blogging club is really a community where our clients and now members can come practice and support and encourage each other to do video blogging together, fun and done. Well, it sounds amazing. So when did um, phone blogger start? So Phone Blogger started um, kind of semi-officially because it was originally a, a side project. It was just really a necessity. And in, for the first couple of months, we didn't even have a name for it. And that was in 2009. Um, mm -hmm. And by um, 2010, uh, well, well, I should say rather it probably started in 2009. 2010, it was for, for full. It started becoming more and more obvious to us as uh, you know, the founders and, and, and consultants that this hmm. is the future for us because we were both busy with one-on-one -on -one clients and the next step was either to hire a junior uh, 
associate or a partner and kind of build a professional services firm or do something a bit more scalable. And so mm-hmm. I remember that it was September of 2011 that the system of now what we call the master checklist was really put together. I was driving in the south of New Zealand on my honeymoon with my wife and all through the flight to New Zealand from here in New York for our honeymoon, I told my wife, yeah, I got to write down all the things for this master checklist for this thing we're calling phone blogger. Um, and I, you know, procrastinated and probably watched movies for, for that long flight. And finally she broke out the iPad and said, why don't you dictate to me? And I essentially phone blogged uh, the master checklist Mm -hmm. that we use as the onboarding platform for our clients. Mm -hmm. So I would say really 2011 uh, was really when phone blogger came in on its own, where we realized by that September that we needed to really systematize things uh, for it to really scale. So, Sorry, it's a long answer for a very short question. So between, really 2010, I would say, is, was the beginning of PhoneBlogger. And, and since then, how has it grown? Is it, is it mostly just in the States or is it international? Unfortunately, we never had uh, a Canadian client that's been a dream for nine years so that I could be PhoneBlogger international at the very least. Hmm. Uh, but we are not. Hmm. No, we are uh, uh, pretty much coast to coast here in the United States. From California to New York, we've got clients uh, around the country. My staff works from their home offices across our country. Um, and so from that aspect, we're nationwide and, and, and it's all over the phone and Internet. So that uh, doesn't really need uh, location basis. So potentially we could be uh, global, uh, definitely anywhere in the English speaking uh, world. And, um, hmm. you know, even Spanish speaking, we, we've toyed with the idea that that is actually um, making traction kind of faster even with the video blogging because they can speak in their native language and uh, they don't really need mm. us to edit. Mm. So is how do you see expansion happening over the next few years? Where would you like to go? Yeah, so right now, Video Socials is mushrooming. Uh, we started this uh, in February. Uh, we now have four video blogging clubs, uh, the fifth one starting this Tuesday and maybe by the time this airs, uh, we'll have uh, seven or eight clubs. And um, there's a lot of potential and different avenues. Two of our members uh, want to start their own video blogging clubs because it's a great way for them to stay top of mind and engage their referral relationships right on the video call. They can really engage uh, their fellow VIPs right in the virtual video room. So that is another way for us to scale is to identify what we're calling member hosts. Um, so that's really exciting for us. We have uh, an accounting firm that potentially will end up creating internal video blogging clubs where partners and senior associates are able to intermingle and start creating content for their library and perhaps like firm eyes only content, internal content. Perhaps some of it will be used for marketing or recruitment purposes. And that's at the early stage, but that also gives us a clue of where this can go. So from a scalability standpoint, um, we see a lot of potential growth with video socials. We expect to have over 100 members by November 2019, which means easily two to three video blogging clubs every day. So if someone misses their time at their time, let's say, 
was Mondays at 4 p.m., but they weren't able to make it, well, there are probably three opportunities the next day that they could probably hop into. Preferable that they kind of pick a home club for their own accountability. And then goes back to what I was saying prior in terms of languages. Um, we're toying with the idea we have one person I need to kind of circle back with who her clients are are Spanish preferred. They're predominantly Spanish speaking. She's bilingual and most of her referral relationships are bilingual Spanish speaking, some exclusively English, but you know, that's why they recommend her because she speaks Spanish. But for her to create a video socials club around other bilingual professionals who speak Spanish or have Spanish speaking clients, uh, I don't speak Spanish. So I wouldn't go to that club because every video would be recorded in Spanish and I wouldn't know what they're saying. But for them, that would be really exciting because now they are essentially creating uh, a platform for them to get to know each other and get their video blogging done together and have some fun. And of course, do it in their native and preferred language. Um, so from that aspect, that could, of course, scale to every language. Um, so mm. I see a lot of exciting potential. And we are at uh, week eight at this point um, or week seven with uh, video socials. So that aspect, we're really, really early on, but uh, so much excitement and potential um, and, uh, and growth really in just a short amount of time. Well, and, and you mentioned that it's mostly at the moment for lawyers and accountants, yeah. but I can see this. I can see so many different industries being yeah, having an appeal with this. I think so. So one of our members I, I made reference to, Randy, um, she, she really has exceeded uh, my expectations. She's a longtime colleague and, and family friend, and she's a customer service trainer. She's an author of a book called Rants and Raves, and her clientele are mainly home service providers, um, general contractors, uh, pest control companies, HVAC, oil heating companies, companies that are multi-million dollar companies. I just don't know that world because I work with lawyers mm. and accountants. And mm. so she got so excited about video socials, she wanted to create a club for her community, for her world. And I had to be mm. frank with her. I said, well, I, I don't even know that world. Do they blog? You know, Are they on social media? Like, I, I don't... I, no offense to them, maybe they are personally, but does it make sense for their businesses? And she stopped me right there and said, yes, yes, yes. They wouldn't be blogging about like how to kill a bug uh, because that's, you know, that's what the exterminator's job is. You know, you can hire maybe mm. any exterminator to do it. That's of course what they should do is kill the bugs, but it's all the softer mm. stuff. It's the customer services. It's how they greet themselves, how they wear booties so that they're not uh, staining the carpet or they don't leave a mess, how they clean up. Are they using environmentally safe products? Are they safe for children and pets? Those kinds of knowledge nuggets, which are very similar to any other consultant or lawyer or accountant, is what they would be blogging about. So I think you're spot on, Tony. I think there's a lot of potential beyond what I know. And I expect to really um, work with centers of influence and other influencers to really create clubs catering to those uh, subject matter experts to those uh, industries or sectors. And um, when it, so, with your current clients, is there ever situations where you have the call? Especially, I'm thinking more of the phone blogger now rather than a video social. Sure. But I suppose this could apply for the video socials, where you you have the call with someone, and they're for whatever reason they just can't think of any good content. Do you yeah. like give them ideas or possible yep. things? Or? Yes, and it's a great question. So. Um, that, these are all things that we learned through trial and error. So we ended up putting together a, a tool called the Blog Brainstormer, which anyone can use, blogbrainstormer.com. Um, great 
if uh, anyone wanted to give us credit for it. Uh, but it was really a, a, a culling and a, um, for us, we not that we stole it from a lot of places, but we, we gathered it and curated it from a lot of places and tailored it for our type of clients for this reason, Tony, that it became like writer's block, you know, for, for me to wake you up in the middle of a busy day and say, hey, Tony, what do you want to blog about today? Uh, maybe it'd be easy for you because you're a podcaster, but for a lot of us, um, mm. it'd be tough. You know, we have no idea, even though we are thinking about this stuff all day long. So we had to kind of help them create topics, if not titles or themes and create a content calendar so that they can know mm. that in a year, there are probably things that repeat year after year that every spring, some things happen every fall, other things happen, end of year topics, beginning of year topics. And let's put in those big rocks because we know those things are going to happen and they're timely. So let's put it in, kind of set it and forget it. We'll deal with that in November around that time. Uh, but then there are the small rocks that I call that are evergreen topics. You can publish it in April or May. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but let's come up with those topics because they're going to be important and let's improve on those ideas. So exactly now, uh, that's my job is to really help my phone blogging clients always have four or five article ideas uh, and then with video social video blog ideas so that they don't come onto the call groping in the dark, wondering what to talk about. Because quite frankly, what we noticed um, that um, what was that because of procrastination um, and if they have a bottleneck of no topics, they'll put off the call. They'll say, oh, let's just do it later in the week or let's just skip this week. Mm. I don't have a topic. Yeah. And that's the bad um bottleneck that's the worst thing that can happen that's that's taking the domino out of um you know out of the out of the line and everything grinds to a halt and now we've become part of their problem uh, their problem was lack of consistency and you know on and off blogging barely blogging and so we need to create that uh, infrastructure to always have topics so that we take that excuse off the table it's a great question yeah that's uh, and 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 of course, it just uh, falls over to video socials. And, and I imagine something else that you're really going to help them with, and that maybe they don't even realize is because you're doing this on such a frequent basis and you're doing so many blogs, you're therefore getting expertise at titles, which is the most important part of the blog in the first place. Because if the title is not yeah. interested, no one's going to click on the blog Correct. in the first place. Correct. So, a lot of what we do in terms of our seminars and kind of group talks is kind of rules of thumb of how to craft titles. You know, there's the clickbaity uh, type of titles, you know, the seven secrets or you won't believe this. And, um, mm-hmm. and we have to be careful because we are working with rather reserved subject matter experts who are more used to the type of titles that would be in peer-reviewed journals, which quite frankly mm-hmm. are just downright boring, but mm-hmm. descriptive and maybe too long. Um, so we have to uh, mitigate and massage and say, look, you could go this extreme if you wanted to, um, or you could be pretty basic and descriptive, which is nothing wrong because it is at least descriptive, or we can kind of bring it in the middle. And very often we're meeting in the middle. So they're not as exciting of titles that you would see in some of the more clickbaity type media um, but nevertheless, they are effective. And most importantly, when the topic is timely, it almost doesn't matter how catchy the title is. The topic is, is extremely relevant and timely to what you're going through. Like right now in the United States, it's April 12th, 2019. And our federal tax day, well, all tax days, April 15th. 
So right now, all the accountants we work with, I mean, probably not right now because it's uh, you know, a week before taxes are due. It's pretty much you should have gotten your act together. But for the past couple of weeks and months, um, there are a lot of topics around tax time. And if there's any way of uh, leapfrogging or I, I should say piggybacking is the right word, piggybacking on the concept of tax time is extremely relevant because we're all thinking about it. We're all thinking about how much we're paying in taxes or how should we should have planned and maybe should plan for next year and all those things. So um, you know, it, these are somewhat common sense once you realize what uh, we forget it or never thought about it in the first place, that of course we should be timely. And we have a, a couple of rules of thumb like that in terms of using numerals in the titles. Questions for titles are great. And when I say numerals, I mean like literally the number, like the, the symbol for three mm-hmm. instead of writing out the word three. Dates are another mm-hmm. way of using numerals. So anything date-driven, question-driven are very easy on the eyes and thus eye-catchy and memorable to share with others. And on a similar thing, I would. Are you also doing the thumbnails for the videos as well? We are starting to, yeah. So, um, and it, so there are a couple of things that are going to be automated. So, um, there are two versions of thumbnails, and now a third that that is about to come in a couple of weeks. So, right now, when we get give thumbnails for the videos, um, they can either have a regular PNG, a regular still image. They can also have an animated GIF, a four second loop of their mm. video which is great for email because uh, as most people know, you can't literally email a video um, in a mm. newsletter, etc. You're just basically emailing a screenshot, which links to the video on your website or YouTube, etc. which is fine mm. um, if that's what you want. And, and it's hard to have multiple animated GIFs in, in a newsletter or else it's really annoying and, you know, distracting, but having one or two is okay. And animated GIFs are extremely eye-catchy because anything moving, of course, grabs our eyes. So now mm. for there to be an animated GIF of you talking on video uh, with a play button, um, you know, is a really cool thing. And we provide that uh, with our, our video socials uh, tools. So from that aspect, yeah. So, um, now what's coming is what I was alluding to, which may be out by the time this podcast airs, is a title bar. What we found just in this couple of weeks is as we're kind of putting out more and more videos kind of on you know, at bulk or at mass, at scale, um, even though people's outfits change, you don't really know what one video is after another unless there are subtitles, mm. which is an add-on. But um, mm. subtitles takes manual work, so it's an add-on that we do provide, and, and subtitles are tremendous. I'll go on the tangent of subtitles. Subtitles statistically uh, improves engagement, which is – people watching and then liking, commenting, sharing the video, it literally doubles, if not triples, the engagement because so many of us watch videos on mute because it auto-plays on mute on Facebook and LinkedIn, and we may be on the train or bus or at work where maybe uh, we have other things to do, but we are watching videos on Facebook nevertheless, and so we're watching it on mute. So having subtitles helps engagement because if you can't hear or read what they're saying, then you just skip over it, of mm. course. To also mitigate that uh, is a title bar. So we're going to automatically add a title bar for the first 30 seconds of the video. After that, it's just kind of unnecessary and uh, in the way, just you know, what the title or the topic is that differentiates each video. And now you know, at least in the seven to 10 words of a title, what it is. And it goes back to your point of making sure it's eye-catchy and informative as a, as a title 
very similar to how we judge a book by its cover and judge an mm. email by its subject line. We should be judging a video by its title bar, and we will be offering that literally within the month. Hmm. Before we started recording, you were telling me about um, one of your clients, Jennifer, and how you helped her with her public speaking fears. It's funny because we uh, did not set out to help her with her public speaking. That that is not we're not a public speaking um, course. Um, hmm. We uh, ironically now call video socials the Toastmasters of video blogging. I don't know if you know what Toastmasters hmm. is. Are you familiar? I, yeah, I've, I was a member for seven years. So oh, I'm very familiar. You know it better than I do. My partner uh, ran a Toastmasters <laughs> in Hawaii. Uh, and I've been to a couple of Toastmasters, but I've never taken a number, so you know better than I do. So, but with Phone Blogger, Jennifer worked uh, with Mark, my partner, as well as being a Phone Blogger client. And it wasn't the intent of uh, making her an awesome public speaker, but it's mm-hmm. an, been an amazing process that she would, uh, that she has told others, just the only reason I feel comfortable repeating it, uh, that she mm-hmm. has told others how it has brought her out of her shell for her to really just do phone blogging itself. And and because of phone blogger, do more networking and phone blogger has helped her with her sound bites of networking. And now she is phenomenal um, in terms and in her own way. You know, no one uh, needs to be the next Tony Robbins, literally. No one needs to literally copycat someone else, but be authentic and genuine in her own way. She's powerful and dynamic and really exceeded our expectations and her own because it wasn't really the intent uh, and still isn't. Like it isn't like a side benefit that I sell of, hey, wink, wink, you'll be great at public speaking. But to some degree, I hoped that uh, phone blocking would help with sound bites. It doesn't as much as I really wanted it to, which unfortunately wasn't exceeding expectation it what was an expectation I was hoping for that didn't really come. But with video socials, because there's a, a time limit where just when, with an attention span of video and social media, you can't go more than two to three minutes or else you lost them. Uh, mm. I'm hoping the expectation is, and maybe I'll come back in a year or two and tell you if I've exceeded that, is whether mm. or not people are able to really hone their sound bites. But already with video socials, um, Jennifer is a relatively new person for, for video social, so she's going to be great. But we have other phone blogger clients, Susan, for example, who I told you about before we went live here mm-hmm. on the air. Uh, she actually chose not to present a video blog uh, on her very first video socials call. And we allow that. You know, We want people to be comfortable. So if someone wants to just come as a spectator and not promote themselves to the other professionals on the call, I find that mm-hmm. a missed opportunity. But no big deal. If they, that's what their preference is, I want them to be comfortable. And we see that that's only the first time. The second time, they kind of tongue-in-cheek forced to present. So just kind of that's the warning, so to speak. And, and we never had to, like, twist anyone's arm. But, you know, that is kind of the we, – we say it with a smile. And so she did. She took us up on the offer and did not present the first time. And, you know, we're like, all right, well, maybe she'll, she'll do it again. And, you know, she's a client, but video socials are somewhat new. And she did come the next time. She was extremely prepared, um, almost, I would say, overly prepared. I believe she wrote it out because she's extremely deliberate and thoughtful in the way she is, mm-hmm. which I think probably makes her a superb attorney. I think the amount of preparation she did for that video blog, if that's any indication uh, for the amount of preparation she does for her clients, it's, that mm-hmm. would be phenomenal. Um, and so that one wasn't all that phenomenal, to be frank, because to read – wasn't all that great. But by the third one, where she felt more comfortable with just bullet points, 
she wowed us. I don't know if she wowed herself. I think she did. I think she surprised herself that she could actually do it, which is shocking because we knew we could, she could do it. But what really was exceeding the expectations was how phenomenal that video blog was and how it really became a template for us to all learn. And even especially me, because as you can hear, I can get excited and talk really fast to really slow down and pace ourselves and be more thoughtful and deliberate with our speaking style and tone and cadence, because she still is uh, very, you know, thoughtful is the only word I could say, like very specific with her words, where she pauses mm. and those pregnant pauses, as I know it's called, makes it captivating mm. and in really engaging and really informative. And you take it really seriously, way more than maybe someone like me that's extremely excitable, um, that was absolutely phenomenal. And to this day, and then of course, we're only a couple of weeks in, has been now really a go-to story of how it's really exceeded our expectations and her own of, yeah, coming out of her shell, but more importantly, doing it in her own way and really showing that there can be a style to video blogging that isn't this um, hyper stage charisma that you would think of someone jumping up and down on stage. She, uh, her quiet storm is extremely engaging in her own way. And there's a lot to learn there in a similar fashion. One of her colleagues and our own client, Claire, very similar story, um, did not want to present the very first time. What really exceeded expectations for all of us was at the end of the video socials call, um, we had time. We had a couple of minutes. We leave, video social calls are 45 minutes and maybe it was at 42 minutes. And our and the host of the call, who's one of our, our staff interviewers, Jackie, asked Claire very innocently, hey, Claire, just want to double check. You sure you don't want to present? You know, you don't have to use a recording. And, you know, are you sure? And she's like, no, no, no. Immediately, the other folks on the call, there are about seven, eight others, immediately, I hate to say, pounced on her, but really just grab and say, Claire, just give it a try. Just give it a shot. You'll be fine. You'll be great. Just don't worry about it. Just do it. We all did it. It's great. None of us are perfect. Like we all mess up. It doesn't matter if you mess up, just give it a try. And she was pretty much goaded, peer pressured into doing it. She did, She was not prepared. She had no topic. She was like, what am I going to talk about? They're like, just talk about who you are and what you do. Just like an elevator mm. pitch introduction. Mm. And, and, what that exceeded expectation, not even what Claire did, which and she was great because she just introduced herself and that's fine. She's used to doing that. The, I think it exceeded everyone's expectations on the call of how quickly people are coming together to help each other and to really create a community. And that's even exceeding my own expectation. I mean, that was my intention. Um, mm -hmm. But what's really exciting for me and I think for all of our members is how quickly people are coming together and really helping each other. And you know, maybe New Yorkers get a bad rap that we're, you know, that we're not as helpful, but we are. And a lot of us are on the call of New Yorkers, not exclusively. And from that aspect, I think it exceeded Claire's expectation that she didn't expect to even record. So on a very basic level, uh, she now is video blogging, but how quickly she became comfortable because of the support structure um, that really is because of our members and how they really kind of buy into the philosophy of of encouraging and support and don't sweat the small stuff and no pressure that you don't have to use a video recording. Just do it after two or three times. You'll get, you know, you'll forget that there's a camera. You won't care that there's a camera. You'll kind of treat it as old hat. 
uh, and you end up video blogging together, fun and done. So on each call, you remember you mentioned it's a club. So do at the start of when the club starts, so is it a case of none of the people know each other? No, no, no. Over a period of time, they all do know each other. So people return. So very similar to like a Toastmasters meeting, it's the same core group of people. And, you know, I expect as uh, it grows. No, but what, what, yeah. What, what, I, what I mean is, though, at the beginning, when oh, the they first one, start. Yeah, the they, very first, yeah. yeah, for the most part, they don't know each other. By happenstance or coincidence, they may know each other through other networking groups or through their professional association, but by and large, they don't know each other. Um, One day, we just started a club, and no one knew each other, and everyone's extremely supportive of each other. I think it helps that everyone sees each other as seasoned professionals. Mm. No offense to kids out of college, but there are no kids out of college, so there are no, like, you know, influencers who are cool on Instagram and, you know... There are no cool mm. kids in that sense to make other people nervous. Uh, so everyone's mm. kind of in the same boat. Everyone are seasoned professionals. Um, and, and so even if they mess up, it's like, well, they obviously know what they're talking about. They just didn't, mm. you know, whatever, who cares, you know, that kind of thing. And so they all get in to know each other over the course of weeks and helping kind of coaching each other, I imagine. Yeah, that's, that's the intent. And that's, um, it, it's been surprising of how quickly, uh, People have that mindset. I guess we're attracting the, the, the people with that mindset, I, I can only assume. So uh, the people who are mm. feel that they're too good for this, um, maybe they are literally because they, you know, they're too comfortable and they don't need this. Okay, that's fine. But people are attracted to this because mm. they know they need the help and they want to be able to give the help. And I think that's great. But I, I mean, you just said that some people would be too good for this. I, I can see the appeal in this, even for people who are very experienced. It's just going to be the ease because I'm presuming that you're editing everything at the end and you mentioned about adding mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm, logos mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. It just makes it all much so much easier for people to do on a frequent basis, especially people who are busy with a million and one other yeah, things. You know, at this early stage, I'm not looking to convince anyone. So it's kind of like, hey, if you want to give it a try, give it a try. Um, I think as people see it and it catches on, uh, they'll see the other benefits. I don't focus on the technology aspect, the app that adds the logo and the titles and all that stuff. Um, you know, that is the technology that is very much the scalability aspect and that's proprietary to us. But I know people, um, you know, one of the lines that I, I say every now and then internally is that people come to record, but they stay for the rapport. And it's the community helping that I really want to focus in on because I think that is the value. Because, you know, you can pick up your phone and do Facebook Live without us. And, yes, you have the added aspect of, well, you don't get a title bar. You don't get your logo on it. Um, you know, subtitles aren't done for you. Sure, all these other ancillary things aren't done. But, look, you can hire someone. You can figure it out. You can do it yourself. Uh, I think it's knowing that you can do it together and that it's more fun doing it together. You can keep up the habit. So over a period of time, it's less about the practice because you're kind of you're good enough. You're, you're over the fear and hesitation. Mm-hmm. Then why stick around? And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be um, really kind of joining a runner's club or joining a fitness class um, or having a running buddy. It, it, it's, it's an accountability to yourself, accountability to others, and it's more fun to do it as a group. You know it will get done. And, of course, you have an engaged audience because to have seven or eight other people who have really gotten to know, like, and trust you over a number of months mm. to really be engaged in you know, it's a captive audience in a very literal sense, that they're 
watching you and consuming your content and willing to share it with their circle of influence. Well, that's extremely powerful hmm. because everyone knows, you know, two to 300 people. So eight times 300 is really the audience of the room. So hmm. that's pretty powerful to have, you know, a couple of hundred people virtually, uh, if not literally right in the room. So I think over a period of time, even those who uh, you know, are like too cool for this will realize that there are benefits um, and that they themselves, uh, it's not about them maybe need the help, but they're able to impart the insights for others and help others. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think that'll be helpful too. But what about the, um, I mean, a couple of possible problems I, I see for this, and obviously you've, you've thought about this, but what about the audio and the lighting, which are two mm-hmm. essential parts of video? What, how do you, how do you uh, get yeah, over that? so we're not looking to be professional videographers, so we can't possibly compete with them. We don't want to compete with them. They are kind of what I use mm-hmm. as an analogy. They're like a tuxedo. It's custom fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's ceremonial. It's gorgeous. You're going to get a lot of accolades just because you're wearing a tuxedo. But sometimes it's out of place. It's like wearing a tuxedo to a barbecue, wearing a tuxedo to your mm-hmm. friend's you know, dinner party where it's like it's almost overkill, overdressed. And professional videography mm-hmm. has its time and place. It's also very expensive, but regardless, it's worth it. Um, it's not really suitable for mm-hmm. what video blogging is when it comes to like Facebook Live or LinkedIn and to LinkedIn Live, where mm-hmm. literally you can pick up your phone. Okay. Now, to your point, you don't want to sit in front of a glaring window or else you'll be a silhouette effect, and that's awful. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be outside very often because no matter how quiet you think it is, there's wind, there's you know, traffic. It's, it doesn't really make for a good informative video. If you're doing kind of a Facebook Live of, hey, I'm on my way to lunch, okay, maybe. But if it's a video blog, which is why we call it a video blog, and you're kind of imparting knowledge, you kind of want – you don't want the environment to be a distraction. So we say, look, if you're in your office, mm. you know, pick a quarter that's not so messy. You know, So from that aspect, everything else works itself out. Uh, you're going to look professional. You're in a professional environment. The lighting is going to be fine so long as you know the window is facing you and by and large you're not sitting in front of it. And if you're sitting in front of it, then put down the curtain or the drapes or, or the blinds and just diffuse the sunlight and then it's fine. What's amazing nowadays, we all have HD cameras on our laptops and, and Zoom is a great platform. And there are other great platforms too that we're exploring. But it's really the HD camera technology of our laptops and, and iPads nowadays that really um, take into account any kind of poor lighting, et cetera. So, so long as they look the way they want to look in front of clients, the lighting is going to be fine um, and, and their, uh, the sound is fine as long as they're in a quiet environment. And we do remind them to turn off their phones or put it on mute, not vibrate, because even vibrate makes sound very similar to if people wore jewelry or or wrist chains on this podcast. It makes noise and it's distracting. Um, mm. Yeah, those little things, but mm. those things kind of work itself out after maybe one or two times. First time they do it, we don't stress out, stress about it. They realize when they're recording that, oh man, like, like behind me is a real mess. <laughs> like it looks awful. Okay, well, don't mm. use that video. You, you know, yeah. or, if, or make fun of it, get over it, depending on the personality. Some people can laugh at themselves more mm. easily. I say, all right, whatever, I'm in a busy office because I'm really busy. <laughs> Just move forward. No one really cares unless it's unsanitary. So it works itself out. It's a good question, though. 
I mean, Vicar, I've got so many more questions I would love to ask, but we just, we're running out of time. So before we finish, what, what are your general thoughts about exceeding expectations and over-delivering? You know, there's that saying, right? Under-promise, over-deliver. And bottom line is, you know, the secret to all type of business success, I feel, comes down to raving fans. And the more we can have raving fans who are not even necessarily our customers and clients, though it's even better when they're paying us and then being raving fans, um, exceeding mm-hmm. expectations is the way to create raving fans. And when you have raving fans, they're going out there, they're raving about you to others, they're basically doing the selling for you in a way that you can't get away with. Their enthusiasm um, is genuine. If When we're enthusiastic, enthusiastic about our business, it's good. It's good to be passionate. I'm passionate. But there's always that, look, at the end of the day, I'm a sales guy. You know, I, I want people to join video social, so of course I'm enthusiastic. But when a member does it, it's genuine. They don't get anything out of it. You know, they, you know, maybe they get a feedback partner, but that's about it. You know, they do it really out of genuine concern for others. And that comes by exceeding expectations. Um, even when they're not clients and you know they'll never be clients or members in our case. I want everyone to give video social a try, even when I know they're not going to join or they don't really need this for legitimate reasons. And, and maybe they'll find value. And I, and I rather them buy rather than me sell. And if I can over deliver and exceed their expectations, um, I'm literally impressing them. It's impressed on them. And that's literally what branding is from an, uh, an old Wild West aspect of, of the U.S., of the branding irons. And I guess every country uses branding irons. But branding irons are on, on, mm. on livestock where you're literally singeing um, an animal. Same thing, you're singeing the brain by impressing on someone. And that's really what happens when we exceed expectations. Because if we just meet expectations, well, there's nothing to rave about. There's nothing. It's not remarkable. All right, they did what they're supposed to. Mm. Well, well, unfortunately, a lot of people don't. So sometimes it's a little bit memorable, but they're not going to go out of their way to rave about it because, well, you did what you're supposed to, which means you have integrity. Wait, you're supposed to have integrity. Uh, But when you do things that were unexpected and exceeded uh, the value, I think that's tremendous. And and that is really literally our goal Mm. with Phone Blogger and now with Video Socials is, you know, we we have grown because of our raving fans. and I'm thankful for it. You've, um, I think you've whetted the appetite of a lot of people listening to this episode. So if they want to find out more and, and watch some of these videos and so on, where, where yeah, should they easiest, go Yeah, of course, they could go to www.phoneblogger.net and they could see our clients there. We have a site called Recommended Authors where you can really read blogs of all of our clients and really see examples of titles and, and how blogs should be formatted to be eye-catchy and search-friendly. They could go over to videosocials.net and really get to know that community. Um, they could, of course, shoot me an email, vic, V-I-K, at phoneblogger.net. Ask me any questions. I'm really open. I do a lot of podcasts and seminars. So happy to um, answer any questions. And, of course, many listeners, depending on time zone, can make it to uh, a Video Socials Club. Uh, you don't have to present the first time, but you will have to present the second time. It'll be a lot of fun to uh, do it together. Really, really uh, enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for you know the great information you've supplied and and well, best like of luck. I, I don't think you're going <laughs> to need much luck. But it sounds to me this is going to really take off. So uh, yeah, I think you're sitting on a on a gold mine. Well, uh, next year, and I can give you an update and, and tell you more uh, stories of how we're exceeding expectations. I may hold you to that. Thank you, Vikram. Thanks, Tony. 
Next week is episode 47, and I speak with Bill Borderas, who, well, would you imagine a data analytics company would be able to exceed your expectations anyway? Because we're going to find out exactly how they serve their clients and get their clients to give them amazing endorsements and, and all their employees stay for a long time as well. They don't have much turnover in staff and they've been recognized as one of the best places to work and nearly all of the business they get is from referrals. So we're going to find out exactly how Bill goes about that in next week's episode of Exceeding Expectations. Hope you have a fantastic week. Please do share the episode. Leave us a review. That would be fantastic. Thank you.